You know, guys, I've been doing some serious thinking ever since the last episode of Will Cordell came out. I've spent hours sitting here in my dreary college dorm pondering this issue that has pervaded our society for quite some time. And it is with great consideration that I have to declare that Ice Spice is the artist of our generation. I know I'm going to get flamed for this opinion. I'm ready to catch the smoke. If I'm the only voice that's going to speak out on this ever so prevalent issue, then so be it. I mean, when you have Princess Diana featuring Nicki Minaj in your discography, like, come on, even a cishet white man like me is going to bust a move. Like, la, keep it a stack. Bitches move walk because they know I got bands. They be chatting, I don't give a damn it. I'm so good at money, I know who I am. I'm honestly worried for you if you don't bust down to that. But thank you for joining me for another episode of Well Cordell. I'm really happy that you're here and listening. Today, I actually had somewhat of a different topic planned. I was going to do another music-related episode because I haven't done one of those in so long. But I had a bit in my last episode where I was talking about boundaries. And after I completed that bit, I started having more inspiration to talk about boundaries. And the ideas just started flowing naturally, so I figured I wanted to go ahead and pin them down for this week's episode. I could be hitting this a lot later, but I want to go ahead and do it now because the ideas are just flowing out of me. And I do want to kick things off by talking specifically about how I got inspired to make this episode in the past week because that's going to lead into my first point. So I discovered this creator, and you guys may have heard of her. Her name is Madeline Argy, and she makes these podcast episodes shot from her car. And she gets raw and vulnerable, just talks about life. And I just found her style to be really approachable. And she's also really relatable to me right now with a lot of the things that she's talking about because she just got out of university. But I relate to her a lot because she is someone that just got out. And your boy is still going through it. I'm a sophomore. But that's basically how I'm able to relate to her so much. And she did an episode of her podcast talking about boundaries. And she said something about boundaries that made me say, whoa, hold up. You guys remember in my last episode that I didn't actually hear the word boundaries ever spoken to me until I got feelings for a girl when I was around 18 and she eventually shut me down and said, look, respect my boundaries. I'm not going to be your partner. That was the first time I'd ever heard the word. Of course, I'd heard the word boundaries before, but... For the first time over that situation, it really felt like there was meaning and weight behind boundaries that I hadn't learned and that I should really start to consider. Well, I was listening to this podcast episode from Madeline, and she said that she had also not heard the word boundaries until she was my age. And it was something that floored me when I heard it because I have always felt so behind other people in many different ways. And I had felt like for me not to have heard the word boundaries up until I was 18 and to not grasp what boundaries were. Now I'm number one scrambling to get a hold on them because having really grasped what they mean, they seem like a pretty vital component of maintaining relationships with the people around me. But number two, I'm looking back in the past and I'm feeling all of this immense guilt from when I hurt people, and at the time I didn't understand why or how I hurt them, but understanding what boundaries are, I can clearly pin it on the fact that, hey, I wasn't respecting that person's boundaries. It makes me feel so shitty that I used to mistreat people in this sense. I get a pit in my stomach now even thinking about the idea of 
not having this component of social awareness in my life. This happened a lot in my early teenage years. So for example, I had a friend who was doing musical theater with me and whose dog just passed away. And for whatever reason, I felt the need to comment and make light of the situation. But the things I would give to travel back in time and tap 13-year-old me on the shoulder and say, hey, her dog just passed away and it's not appropriate to make up anecdotes about it. I just think if I had learned about boundaries a lot sooner and really grasped the concept, I could have saved myself, but especially other people, a lot of unnecessary pain. So I wanted to sit down and make this episode about it so that hopefully it helps other people. And I want to do that by first giving a little more detail about how I first encountered the word boundaries. So you guys that listened to my last episode remember the first situation that I discussed about the girl that I really had feelings for, but I never got up the confidence to make a move and she eventually shut me down. But you guys also remember me saying that I was delusional. So I kept acting as though the possibility of a relationship was in the cards. The thing that made this so muddy was the fact that we had a really close bond with each other despite the fact that we weren't in a relationship. And we were eventually saying, I love you to each other, but we said it was platonically. But this is where I went wrong. After she shut me down, I still wanted to continue saying I love you to each other, even though there was this added discomfort with it now. Because not only was I running off of this covert contract that I was saying I love you platonically in hopes that I would one day be saying it romantically without communicating that to her, but also I had really pushed her away in the months following that and made her uncomfortable. And so the terms of our friendship had changed. We tried staying friends after the shutdown of her telling me no, a relationship's not going to work. But... One time I noticed that she had left I love you off the tail end of her text message when I thought it should be there. And it got the cogs of my brain turning like, what? Wait, why'd she leave that off? And I asked her why and she said, oh, I don't really text I love you to my guy friends because it makes me uncomfortable. But here's another place where I went wrong. Instead of me taking that in, recognizing it as a boundary and moving on with my life, I got this huge ego about it that I'm still ashamed of to this day thinking oh so I'm just one of your guy friends now after everything we've shared in the past and the memories we've made I shiver even saying this good god but that was my thought process put into words so what I did is I texted her this paragraph making it a big deal explaining my side as if I was owed any leeway which I wasn't And the text she sent back was firm. I remember the wording vividly in my mind. She said, Okay, here's the deal. I think, as my friend, you should respect my boundaries. Boom! I heard the word boundaries for the first time. And this is where another division of who I was then and who I am now kicks in. Because back then, I took such personal offense to what she had said to me i was like oh i was just asking a question i don't know what put us here like this hurts but from my perspective now it's like oh my gosh i 
used to lack so much self-awareness. I wasn't taking her to consideration. I had selfish intentions. And not only was she well within her right to bring up boundaries, it was necessary for her to do that. Or I would have just kept on going thinking that there was no issue with what I was campaigning for in our friendship. And since the situation, I recognize how much I've hurt her in that process. And I apologized and we got on good terms, thankfully. So in this past week, I was thinking about that situation again for the last episode and for this one. And I thought to myself, damn, I really hate that the way I learned about boundaries was through me disrespecting someone. How did it take so long for me to learn about boundaries? In other words, why were boundaries never brought up in my house growing up? And through listening to Madeline Argy's commentary on the same question, I really resonated with her answer and how similar it is to mine. So I'm now going to share why I think it took me so long to grasp boundaries. Obviously, the word boundaries was never brought up in my house. But even though they were never discussed, boundaries still existed. And I think the reason that they weren't verbalized is because if they were, they would sound ridiculous. So I'm going to bring up an example of a boundary that my father figure held up in our house. So when I was a kid, he was really obsessed with computer games. And at times he would be so involved in them to the point where he got really frustrated. And for me, while he was at the computer, it was always a guessing game of, is he too agitated right now for me to approach him and ask him a question? So to state this as a boundary would be to say, from his perspective, if you approach me with a concern while I'm invested in the computer, I will scold you and turn you away. And even though that was how he carried himself, he obviously never stated that out loud because it would force him to reconcile with the way he took solitaire way too seriously and his attitude towards me and my other family members as a result. Now, either one of those things could be a byproduct of one another, but different episode, different discussion. I had a huge communication issue with my grandma growing up too, and I'm realizing from my perspective now that it can be stated as a boundary from her perspective, and it's this. If you approach me with too many concerns, I will fall silent and stop responding to you. I say that, along with the previous boundary, to illustrate my point that the reason boundaries probably weren't discussed in my family is because it would force people to reconcile with themselves. That the boundaries they upheld, number one, weren't communicated, and number two, they weren't reasonable. Now, don't get me wrong, there were reasonable boundaries too. Like for example, if you don't come to the dinner table when we call you, we will start eating without you, and should we finish, we'll put the leftovers in the fridge, and you can get food later. That was actually a boundary that served a purpose. It was to teach me that food gets cold, and people only have a limited amount of time to eat. Dinner is a period of quality time with the family. With a healthy boundary like this, even as a kid, I could clearly discern the reasoning behind it. Versus my father figure maintaining this position of, you can bring the same concern to me on two different days, but I'm going to determine if you're getting on my nerves or not based on the day. That is something that we call confusing and inconsistent, and it's the position that he held. He just never came out and said it. And I think this is why I eventually had to be sat down 
not by my parents, but by people that I eventually unintentionally hurt. They're the ones that had to sit me down and tell me about boundaries after I had disrespected theirs. And I hate that it had to be that way. I look at all the boundaries that I violated with people growing up, personal space, schedules, touchy subjects, and I wish I had learned about boundaries so much sooner. It would have allowed me to have better communication, more enriching friendships, and I wouldn't have spent so long pushing people away and wondering why, and not having the answer for so long. It's something that's really defeating sometimes to think about because I feel like there's some kids that grew up with a little bit more awareness that, than I did, and they picked up on boundaries a lot easier just naturally, or they were taught by their parents. And then meanwhile, here's me trying to grasp the concept of boundaries still at 18, 19 years old. But another one of the things I see looking back, and this has provided me with a lot of clarity and understanding, it's the fact that because I was not clearly taught about boundaries, the people around me set unreasonable boundaries, and I didn't understand the subject until just now, I also wasn't encouraged to set my own boundaries. And I have an example of this. So I was on a beach trip in eighth grade and me and my friends were all hanging out at the pool by the condominium. And I had brought my belongings with me in this beach bag. I had electronics, a towel, a Bible. It was a Christian beach camp. <laughs> and my friends had this thought. They thought, hey, you know what would be really funny? To throw all of Bo's belongings in the pool to get Bo's belongings all wet so that Bo can't dry off with his towel and his phone might get messed up. That's the pinnacle of comedy. So they started by taking my beach bag and holding it away from me so that I couldn't grab it. And I was much more emotional at the time. I was in eighth grade and so I already started to get a little antsy and like, I really don't like where this is going. Like, that's my beach bag. And it had escalated to the point where they dumped my beach bag in the pool. So my towel got wet, my phone went in there, and they were doing it to get a reaction out of me. And believe me, I was very reactive. Like I was yelling, stop, getting very emotional, almost crying. And this experience reinforced something that I had grappled with my entire childhood. I had once again been made helpless. And when I was helpless, I felt really emotional and I felt like there was nothing I could do to stop the situation, like it was a lost cause. And so I finally got my beach bag back, of course, after they had soiled the whole thing, my towel and my other belongings, because that was the goal, right? And once they had taken care of business, it was time to let up. And I've forgiven these people, right? We were in middle school. We're all different people now. But it was an experience that definitely could have been avoided had I stood up to it. And I'm going to tell you guys how this relates to boundaries. Yelling at them to stop was me attempting to set a boundary, but I had it drilled into me that my boundaries were never respected. And a couple of other times, a similar situation had happened, and I reported it to my youth pastor, and he fed me the saying that, hey, boys will be boys, there's nothing you can do. So the reason yelling at my friends and begging for them to stop didn't help the situation is because it wasn't a true boundary. It was a form of learned helplessness. What pains me about this situation and various other situations like this that I faced growing up is feeling like, okay, so I've just been disrespected. 
and I'm going to try my hardest to say no to this person that disrespected me, but I know deep down in my heart that they're going to get their way. I'm just going to have to live with feeling disrespected because people are the way they are. It's just a part of life. But ever since learning about boundaries, I have consistently tried my best to embody this new attitude. And that attitude is no, people don't have the right to disrespect me. I have to speak up for myself when I'm disrespected. And the other thing that I learned about boundaries is you can enforce them in situations that are less severe than overt disrespect because I don't get disrespected as often anymore. But I've also noticed that there will be times when I'm kind of cowering in a conversation and afraid to voice my opinion and I'm trying to keep it to myself so that things will quote go smoothly. Like someone will say something that rubs me the wrong way and I'll just move right past it as if I don't feel a certain type of way about it. Do you know what I mean? And one place where this applies is the way that I don't find myself agreeing with all of the beliefs and values that I was taught growing up. And I started to feel a little bit differently about two years ago now, but back then I stayed a lot more quiet about it because I figured it would make people feel differently about me. I wouldn't get the same social approval. My family and my friends would all feel a certain type of way. I would lose people. And I know that there are stories out there of people losing the ones close to them all because they stood up for their reformed beliefs and values. But the realization that made me stop being quiet about what I truly believed is this. I was disconnecting from myself by denying myself my experience. Me gaining new awareness on topics and changing my opinion is not an accident. It's not a mistake. And my voice deserves to be heard just as much as another person's. And sometimes I have needed boundaries when people have tried to downplay my opinion just because I disagreed with theirs. And I'm not going to get any more in the weeds on that because this is an accessible podcast. And I feel like I've already gotten way too political, way too religious for this early on. Like, damn. <laughs> And I think a big truth of the matter is that when you set boundaries, you do risk people's disapproval. But the way I've learned to make peace with this is by drawing the line between disapproval and disrespect. I can handle disapproval, but as soon as you cross over into that disrespect territory, that's when I stand up for myself and I say, we're moving on from this topic or we're not talking about this anymore. Now, as a way to segue, we've just gone over my process of learning what boundaries are and learning how to apply them in my life. And I've done that pretty consistently for a while now. And I'm really proud of myself because it has allowed me to gain so much social awareness. You have no idea with standing by my own boundaries and taking other people's boundaries into consideration. It's opened up so much. It's opened up so many doors for me, and I can't wait to keep living with this new mindset. <laughs> and there's a slightly deeper aspect of boundaries that I would like to explore before ending this episode, and it's something Melissa Urban touches on in her book, The Book of Boundaries. One impression that I got from reading Melissa's book, and this is one of the biggest points in her book, is when you set a boundary, you should keep in mind the firmness of that boundary applied to the situation. So there will be situations where a lighter boundary is needed, like a slap on the wrist, 
And then there are situations that more firm boundaries are needed. Because there will be times when you ask someone to stop doing something and yet they're insistent on it. And quite frankly, you need a firm boundary in that situation to preserve your mental health and your sanity. (laughs) But one thing I did when I first started setting boundaries, and this is something that I discovered through reading another book called No More Mr. Nice Guy by Robert A. Glover. I learned that I was on a boundary setting frenzy and that I was setting boundaries a little too firmly with people. One example is very recently, I had this girl that I liked and I told her that I liked her and asked her if she wanted to get coffee. And she said, sure, over text. But a few days later, she had gotten back to me and said, hey, I wanted to clarify about this date we're going on. I'm not really in a position to be in a relationship, but I really value our friendship and I would still love to get coffee. But I took really personal offense to that. I was like, you you just let me on for like three days and it's like, you just disrespected my time and we can't be friends. And that's what I did. I cut her off. And initially I thought, this is me enforcing a boundary because the fact that the terms of this date weren't what I expected, made me feel shitty. And I set way too firm of a boundary by cutting her off for something that wasn't even disrespect. If anything, it was her showing respect by setting the terms clearly so that neither one of us is feeling cheated or duped. But in the words of Logan Paul, I made a severe lapse in my judgment. And I've since apologized for taking what she said so personal and setting an unfair boundary. Now, I want to intertwine something that Melissa Urban brings up in her book. She came up with this system in order for people to understand boundary firmness, and it's called boundary levels. She has divided the firmness of boundaries into levels. The first level is green, a lighter boundary. The second level is yellow, and the third level is red. And basically, a red boundary is the most firm, meaning it may come with consequences or distance. A yellow boundary is kind of like a final warning. It's like, I already warned you about this in the green boundary zone, and I'm having to tell you again to stop this disrespectful behavior or crossing the line or whatever you've done. And if I tell you again, I might have to enforce consequences. And green is the lightest. And the situation I just described was me enforcing a boundary on the red level for a threat on the green level. And I will proudly admit to that mistake with the benefit of hindsight. And I've come to understand that it can be easy for me to go over the top with setting boundaries, especially because I'm new at learning about boundaries. But I try my best to only do what's necessary in setting boundaries. And I'm going to give you an example of where this applies in my life before ending the episode. So personally, I have tried to move away from describing things as gay. So in the past, whenever I would see something that I thought was unfair, I'd be like, that's bullshit. I'd just say, oh, that's so gay. But I've stopped doing that because I feel as though it's homophobic to discern the word gay as a negative connotation. And so that's why I've stopped describing things as such. But say me and my friends were having an interaction. And in describing something, they said, oh, that's so gay. I would not then tower over them screaming, 
How dare you so eagerly disrespect the LGBTQ plus community? Such is the highest order of blasphemy. Now leave my establishment and never speak to me or my family again. I would tap them on the shoulder and I would say, hey, let's not say that. That's homophobic. And then I would move on. And that's how we're going to wrap up this episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave me a five-star rating, and I'll see you for next week's episode of Well Cordell.